Well, a lackluster 3-0 start for the Bruins could certainly turn into more unbeaten weeks. UCLA takes on Colorado as they look to improve to 4-0. Let's meet the Buffaloes as we get kicking and turning unlocked on UCLA. And don't forget your favorite segment, Throwback Thursday, that last and third segment. We'll talk about it and everything involving UCLA here today. Hit that music, baby. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, it's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer, at Zach and Yox with a couple of underscores mixed in on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, at Locked On Bruins on Twitter. And most importantly, check up Locked On UCLA on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, subscribe, whatever it is. Hit that subscribe button. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, no, maybe so. Just comment how we're doing here with Locked On UCLA. Give us the love as we remember to give the love to Bet Online. They present this episode, and it probably wasn't hard to bet that UCLA would be 3-0 as BetOnline has all your sports wagering information, including the fact that UCLA is heavy, 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 heavy favorites at Colorado in Boulder, where the Bruins, they look for their first win since 2014. Yes, it's been eight years since the Bruins have won in Colorado. They've split the last six against the Buffs. Home-and-home winners. We'll talk about that as we get those hands in the air, Bruin fans. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U C L A. You see L A. Fight, fight, fight. Let's go. We're excited. We're all discombobulated. You know, when you do an eight clap about thirty times a day, sometimes it kind of boggles your mind. But here we go. U C L A three and zero against an zero and three Colorado team. What to expect? With a Carl Durrell coach team. Well, Bruin fans, UCLA fans, we do remember that tenure in the earlier mid part of the 2000s where we saw the Bruins have that exciting 2005 season and then a disappointing end to his tenure for Carl Durrell as a Bruins head coach, the former UCLA receiver, but then found his way back in the head coaching circles, got himself the head coaching gig in Colorado, actually opened up with a win against UCLA in 2020 an epic 48-42 win for Colorado in that shortened but also delayed Pac-12 opening for college football in that 2020-20 COVID-affected, impacted season. And the Bruins went on to have a night of success. So that's what Colorado had. Last year, the Buffaloes 4-8 and 0-5 on the road. So they were 4-8. UCLA took care of business against Colorado last year in the Rose Bowl, 44-20. but UCLA, they're, they're looking for something a little different here against an 0-3 Colorado. They're looking for a lot more improvements with a team that is searching for a reason to prove why they should be top 25 worthy by the end of the weekend when, for all accounts, UCLA, barring a massive upset on the road, should be 4-0 with a short week, big-time matchup against Washington at home looming in just over a week next Friday night primetime on ESPN. UCLA going to Folsom Field. They haven't won in eight years. We'll get to that for Throwback Thursday. We'll get to that. But UCLA is facing a team that arguably, according to ESPN, when they have their little bottom 10, who are the worst 
teams in the college football. Colorado is arguably the worst, the fourth worst team in college football. In that bottom 10, they got ranked number four, the one ranking you don't want to be the amongst the top, amongst the worst teams in college football. For the Buffaloes, they have not had a game that's been closer than 31 points. Their closest game this season was a 41-10 to 10 loss at Air Force, losing in Colorado Springs to Air Force. Their home opener was a 38-13 loss to TCU. That's not a way to welcome the fans and ring them into the new year. And Colorado's just seemingly been lost, especially spending the last two weeks on the road, losing big to Minnesota, I believe by over 40-plus points, then losing to Air Force or vice versa. Big losses. And the Bruins come in fresh off a nail-biting but also wake-up call type of win against South Alabama, who is, by all accounts, much better than what UCLA will face on Saturday. It, that's just kind of what I think. It's what I think. A Colorado team, you can look at it, you can slice it either way. We'll start a little bit more on the, the offensive side. This is a team that is struggling, and I mean struggling, to get things going offensively. This is a far cry from that team that put up 48 on the Bruins when they coughed up the ball two years ago. For Colorado, they've had three separate quarterbacks this week alone, from what I've seen, that they've had take starting first-team reps. That's what the reports have been out of Boulder. And they've had the likes of Brendan Lewis, J.T. Shrout, Owen McCown. Last year, it was Lewis who started against UCLA in 2001, but between Shrout, who's gotten the bulk of these reps this season, and Owen McCown, all three of these quarterbacks have seen action this season as we'll pull up the stats in, in just a moment for this Buffalo team that's just struggling significantly. So between the three quarterbacks, you have JT Stroud who's played in all three games. He's got 22 completions with 55 attempts. That's a 40% completion rate with one pick to two passing touchdowns. Through two, through, through Two games, Colorado has had two passing touchdowns, and they've just struggled to get the passing game going. Brendan Lewis is 15 for 24 in limited time. He's got 92 yards passing, no touchdowns, and Owen McCown has attempted seven passes in one game played, and he's got 13 yards per attempt, 52 yards. And Colorado quarterbacks, they've been sacked six times. They have one lone kind of outstanding back despite a lackluster running game. Deion Smith, 28 carries, 159 yards, one touchdown. A Colorado team that has scored three touchdowns offensively in this first couple of weeks. It's just been an absolute struggle for the Buffaloes to put up points. They have only scored in their first three games 30 points, yes, 30 points, one rushing touchdown, and two passing touchdowns. That's where their offense has come from. But their kicking's been good. They made all their field goals. But now they're number two back, Alex Fontenot, who's carried the ball 20 times, 84 yards, about four and a half yards on the ground, a nice number two option for Colorado. He's out looking to be for the second consecutive game who would be either the number two or maybe the number one option, Fontenot, who's out with a chest injury, missed last week, and would be out again. So Fontenot, who could very well be their leading back, 
is out. He's got a game high of 53 yards, but between Smith and Fontenot, maybe a nice combination. Colorado without a back, struggling without key receivers, and or struggling without or struggling to find a, a good quarterback. And they have one receiver that's kind of, at least so far, performed much better than the rest. It's Daniel Arias, who has got nine receptions, 124 yards, no receiving touchdowns to this point thus far in the season. But his best game, four receptions, 66 yards, much better than any of the Buffalo receivers. So this is a team, statistically, that is just near the bottom of the barrel in college football offensively. They're struggling so much. So UCLA, and it's not like Colorado's turned the ball over so many times. Four times, three games. It's reasonable. They've lost three fumbles, one pick. But it's not like they're turning it over so many times. The Bruins have turned it over a lot in three games, and they're 3-0. It's just they're struggling to find some traction offensively. So this is what could potentially and should be a field day for the for the Bruins defensively. I know they're a little thin on the D-line at the moment for Bill McGovern's defense, Chip Kelly's defense. They can really dial up some pressure and find a way to put this Colorado team behind the chains. If you watch that South Alabama game, so many times it was South Alabama moving the football positive games, just working the outsides, working the outsides, which is maybe what Colorado might do on a little quick bubble screen, work with the run with LaDamian Webb for South Alabama's game. But the thing is, there weren't too many negative plays forced by UCLA's defense last week. I know standout John John Bonds, but if the Bruins can wrap up the, the wrap up tackles, they can rack up a total, a big total of tackles for losses. An outstanding number. They can get sacks and they can force a turnover or two. This is what should be a standout day for the Bruins defensively against the Buffalo offense that is simply not proven much in the early going, and they struggled last year under Carl Durrell. They Last year, between their first four FBS games, not including their win over Northern Colorado, an FCS team, they struggled to put points up in the beginning of the season last year, which is why maybe Colorado fans, Buffalo fans, the Buffs Nation, they're maybe calling for Carl, Carl Durrell's job. And he's got it good now at the moment, after a statement released by the AD, specifically before this UCLA game, which is quite a time for him to have some support. And this could be what is the final nail in the coffin for this job for Carl Durrell. We'll see. You know, he's still got more games going forward. But if UCLA comes in and plays well, that could spell the end for Durrell. Did I mean to rhyme that? No. But we'll talk about how UCLA can exploit them offensively against the Buffalo defense. There's still some terrible numbers on the other side. But first, let's hear some words from Nugenics. Yep, Nugenics, you know, remember when it was winning, when it felt easy? Yes, the Bruins, they're 3-0, but it hasn't been easy. But you remember when it was easy? That's because when you were younger, you were at the peak of your testosterone production. It's what some called the winner's hormone, the man hormone. Wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and get that old swagger back in your step? Well, if you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging, Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with testo Testofin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym and help you feel and look like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T 
Again, that keeps the man-boosting key ingredients like testofen has been validated in five clinical studies, five of them, to show it's been shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Once again, Nugenics Total T, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. It can help re-energize your life and help you get back to being the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. A complimentary bottle you can get of Nugenics Total Tea when you text the word college to 231231. Text now, get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever to get key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text the word college to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply, and it's available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Well, for the Bruins, to keep on with the winning ways, yeah, we like to see the defense be good, but the offense was the lowest-graded side of the football for locked-on UCLA's grades when they played South Alabama. So what's something that the Bruins can certainly succeed upon and build upon against this Buffalo side? Well, the, the number that is just absolutely scary to look at if you're a Colorado fan and maybe eye-popping for UCLA fans, especially with what Charbonnet seems to be dealing with, some sort of game time. He's just banged up. Well, the UCLA rushing attack should certainly, and I mean certainly, be living large. This is a Colorado team that has allowed 300 in 48 yards per game rushing on the ground. Yes, it's so wild that those first two, first three games that their opponents have been attacking on the ground. They, I'm looking at the stats right now. They've been tweeted out. You've probably seen them on social media. If you haven't heard it, Colorado is allowing 348 rushing yards per game in their first three games. Yes, they have not been easy opponents that Colorado's faced, but this is a matchup the Bruins set in stone should run all over the Buffaloes literally run all over Colorado's defense. We could talk about a DTR. We can talk about wanting to see a vertical passing game. This is a game specifically for UCLA's defense. They should run the ball, kind of bully ball, run it down Colorado's defense's throat. And, of course, they can game plan. And let's see how the offensive line fares. When they can and they want to impose their will, they should do so this weekend. That stat alone right there for Colorado is so glaring. A team that the defense overall has allowed, the team allowed 128 points. So through three games, they're negative 98-point differential, if I've done my math correct. Pretty close. 128 points allowed to 30 points scored, and the Bruins, for all intents and purposes, should have an easy day running the football. We've seen the Bruins, who used Keegan Jones a lot last week, we saw against Alabama State, they use so many separate players. The difference is the travel roster a lot different compared to what you can use at home, say, in the Rose Bowl. But UCLA already, in their three home games, 12 different Bruins have scored touchdowns. It's very possible that number can grow from game three, week three, to week four, where already 12 different UCLA players have scored touchdowns. Well, certainly more can do it. There's possibility high possibility we'll see ethan garbers who's already got his couple of rushing touchdowns we could see separate backs get work especially if charbonnet is not available and it's almost going to be a bigger test right 
how dominant could UCLA be running the football against such a weak run defense that where the Bruins could maybe have so much success, it's like, oh, Charbonnet went off? No, but they worked without a beat. They didn't miss a beat. If they can, if there's a game for Charbonnet to take a day off, if there's the day where the coaching staff, the training staff said, all right, Charbonnet, you, you take this one off. Take this one off. This is the game for the Bruins to do it. They've got so many guys who they've seen. They filter the ball around, whether it's running the ball in for touchdowns, scoring touchdowns through the air. They've shown a little bit of depth, right? Although they haven't been tested in terms of close games since until that week three win against South Alabama. But the Bruins, again, a game they should walk all over Colorado in our next episode for Locked on UCLA. We'll give you our official prediction and what we should look for, specifically key matchups and stuff like that for our final episode of the week. But for now, that's just stuff to kind of entertain you on what could very well be the Bruins' first win since 2014. And we'll talk about that in our Throwback Thursday segment. I know all of you love it at home. But first, let's hear some words from Bet Online. It's your number one source, Bet Online is, for football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, get team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So the final segment of Locked On UCLA today, I know sometimes I tend to make full episode versions of Throwback Thursday, and today it's the final segment. As we've introduced you to the Colorado Buffaloes, the youngest member of the Pac-12, along with Utah, dating back to 2011. And for a quick nugget of, of Throwback Thursday, we do have to remind you, Bruin fans, have to thank Colorado for beating Utah back in 2011 in a big-time upset where they beat the Utes 17-14 and allowed the Bruins to make it to the 2011 Pac-12 championship game. Yes, it was because of someone's uh, sanctions from the NCAA, but, you know, the Bruins made it to the first ever and first two Pac-12 football championship games, North and South divisions. But back to the last time the Bruins were able to beat the Colorado side in Boulder, Let's let's go over the details of that 2014 season. Jim Mora, head coach. You have Brett Hundley finishing up, wrapping up his career. Bruins were all excited for a big season. And then there was the Utah and the likes of Oregon back-to-back, just like it was this year. Well, with the bye in between this year. But that this last that in 2014, eight years ago, UCLA, a successful year, building upon what eventually culminated in a Valero Alamo Bowl win and a successful career for Brett Hundley and company. But the Bruins had lost two in a row to Oregon and to the likes of Utah. Big games, center stage. Marcus Mariota was the quarterback of Oregon when they had that big primetime matchup in the, bowl, the Rose Bowl at 1230, following a crushing loss against Utah with a missed field goal late. The Bruins coming in, got a close win against Cal the week before, 36-34. to came into a road environment in Colorado back on October 25th, 
2014, as they've lost their last three at Folsom Field since this very game. So for UCLA, what were some of the key statistics that led them to this 40-37 to double overtime win? Well, this was a Buffalo team that that season had two wins and 10 losses, went 0-9 in conference. So are you thinking, was this a typical Bruin almost choke if you're a kind of a self-loathing UCLA fan? Or is it if you're an excitable, energetic fan like myself? All right. It was a fun game to listen to. Yes, yes, I listened to it on the radio. I remember that specifically being in my grandma's house, sitting there listening. Oh, it's so close. It's so close. It shouldn't be close, but it is. Because that game, UCLA had a big early lead. Such a huge early lead. They were up 17-0 by the time the first quarter ended. 24-7 to late second quarter. And by the time the third quarter is over, the Bruins still maintaining that 17-point edge, 31-14. to Paul Perkins, yes, name-dropping Paul Perkins, he had 180 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Brett Hundley went for 200 in the air and a touchdown and 100 rushing yards with a touchdown, including the game-winning score. The Bruins had a 92-yard rushing touchdown, but it was Colorado who had mounted a 17-point fourth-quarter comeback Forced the Bruins into overtime after a couple of touchdown tosses to Bryce Bobo. No relation to Jake. And they scored two touchdowns. Get the game-tying field goal by Will Oliver with 36 ticks left in the game. They went to overtime. The Bruins had to sweat it out because their first possession, UCLA kicked a field goal. And then Colorado had a chance to win the game by scoring a touchdown. They settled for a field goal. Then their second overtime possession, they also kicked a field goal again before Brett Hundley in two plays and the UCLA offense went 25 yards, ending in a Brett Hundley eight-yard touchdown run as the Bruins wanted 40-37 to in what was Colorado's second double overtime game of the season. UCLA and Colorado combined for over 1,000 yards of offense, three turnovers. Colorado had 11 or more like 10 minutes more of possession and had 10 more first downs. This Colorado offense had 31 first downs against UCLA. A UCLA rushing attack, which is kind of funny that we talk about it now. UCLA ran for over 300 rushing yards in that game, and it's interesting that they're playing a Buffalo team that struggles against the run this year, who's also allowing over 300 rushing yards per game. That Buffalo team allowed the Bruins to go over 300 yards rushing, and win that game might be ironic if they do it the last two times in Boulder by rushing for over an exorbitant amount of yards on the ground. So that was interesting. But the Bruins found themselves with that win, kickstarted a five-game winning streak. We're kind of in the middle of it after the Cal win the week before, ending with a a win against SC in that end of season in the near the end of the season, and ended with a win against Kansas State in 2014, which is actually the last year the Bruins won a bowl game. It's been eight years since the Bruins won in Boulder, and it could, it's could it been eight years since the Bruins have won a bowl game. Brett Hundley's last game as a UCLA Bruin. Interesting, interesting. Also, I thought it was interesting. You, you could go with separate ways as to who the most impactful player on the field was. I mean, Brett Hundley, he obviously got drafted and all that. You have the, the Miles Jack, who actually had a rushing touchdown, yes, when he was going both ways. There's 
Eddie Vanderdose. But looking on the, the Colorado side of things, if he, one player who didn't have an impact truly on this game, he only had five true touches with three carries, a couple of receptions, only for totaling 34 yards rushing and receiving combined. Philip Lindsay, actually, maybe the most notable player on the field for Colorado that day. And he actually had pretty much nothing to deal with the game. I believe he was called in college the Tasmanian Devil is what I saw. So that was before Philip Lindsay became the Philip Lindsay beloved by Colorado fans and eventually for a few seasons beloved by the Denver Bronco fans staying as a Colorado legend. So that was the big player on the field for Colorado. Interestingly enough, despite that being a winless team in the Pac-12 that year for Colorado, they had seven losses in which games were within one score in the fourth quarter at some point. So the Bruins weren't the only team to struggle with the Buffaloes as they marched their way on to a successful season, a 10-win season, as the Bruins went 10-3, and and that was the last time the Bruins beat the Buffaloes in Boulder, truly competed for a possible Pac-12 title berth after that ended the string of, you know, they, they had chances, but the Bruins did not do much later. UCLA finds himself in a similar spot this year, wanting to compete for the Pac-12's crown, reach the Rose Bowl for the first time in what seems like forever in UCLA football lore. And most importantly, they want to go out with a bowl game win. I know everybody's talking about the college football playoff, but for now, the bowl game still matters, wanting to get the, the positives at the end of the season and right the wrongs of years past. So Bruins... They won that game 40-37, to double overtime, blowing a 17-point lead, rushing for over 300 yards on the ground. Brett Hundley eventually later that year broke the passing touchdowns record career-wise for UCLA quarterbacks, and that kind of capped off a nice UCLA quarterback in career. Who's capping off his career this year? It's DTR. Am I putting them in the same light? Not exactly, because Brett Hundley had the much better career, but... DTR has been a fine quarterback, and here he is. You kind of have so many different things. Records might be broken. It should be a track meet for the Bruins on Saturday, and maybe not so much for Colorado. But you never know. The Bruins have struggled in Boulder as of late. You can't always count out the underdog, especially when they're playing at home. But for all intents and purposes, the Bruins, for the first time since that October 25th game in 2014, UCLA Looks on track to finally steal one in Boulder and push the Buffaloes to 4 0. We'll get more predictions and such tomorrow, the Friday episode of Locked On UCLA. Well, in the meantime, that's going to wrap it up. Our Throwback Thursday segment, our Locked On UCLA show. Bruin fans, get your hands in the air. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA. UCLA, fight, fight, fights. Go make sure to make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen with Spencer McLaughlin. I was on the most recent episode, or one of them, depending on when you watch, see, listen, hear this. I was on with Spencer McLaughlin talking about UCLA's start and the Pac-12 storylines this week. Go check it out with Locked On Pac-12. In the meantime, this has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!